0: This is episode number 865 with number one New York Times bestselling author, Gabby Bernstein. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. The inspirational Fred Rogers said, Anything that's human is mentionable, and anything that is mentionable can be more manageable. When we can talk about our feelings, they become less overwhelming, less upsetting, and less scary. The people we trust with that important talk can help us know that we are not alone. If you were a big fan of Mr. Rogers like I was, And you enjoyed his constant message to help you feel more at home, to allow you to understand and talk about those feelings that seemed scary, seemed messy, seemed shameful, then you're going to love this episode. Gabby Bernstein is a dear friend, is the number one New York Times bestselling author of six books and an international speaker and spirit junkie. She's spoken on Oprah's stage at her Super Soul Sessions and was named as a new thought leader on Oprah's Super Soul Sunday, where she was included in the Oprah Winfrey Network in their Super Soul 100. She has presented lectures at Google, TEDx Women, the Chopra Center, the Omega Institute, L'Oreal Philosophy, and the Huffington Post, and many others. Gabby appears regularly as an expert on The Dr. Oz Show, and Mashable included Gabby in its list of 11 must follow Twitter accounts for inspiration. And her latest book will blow you away. I've been diving in and loving it. It's called Super Attractor. And Gabby lays out essential methods for manifesting a life beyond your wildest dreams. And Super Attractor is out right now. And in this episode, we talk about why people feel they need to constantly defend themselves. Man, I have been there in my past, especially when you feel unjustly attacked, right? We want to defend ourselves. Gabby's personal struggle with postpartum depression and how it's drawn her to working with new mothers. The power of having gratitude for life's challenges, the differences between having spiritual guides and intuition, the biggest lessons she's learned from motherhood, and her important advice for young women. This one is powerful, and Gabby opens up about some very, very personal, intimate things in this episode. So please be aware and share her some love when you listen to it and when you hear what she's talking about, feel free to spread the message. Have other women who you think might be going through similar challenges listen to this episode as well. You can just send them the direct link on Apple Podcast or Spotify or wherever you're listening to this, or you can send them to lewishouse.com/slash-eight-six-five and have them connect with you on this message. Be a champion in another person's life today by sending them this episode.
1: Take your business further with a smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash business gold card.
2: What kind of fun is waiting for you at Kings Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make a splash all summer kind of fun the, I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly, at King's Island, you'll find, for the fun of it, kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun this season.
3: King's Island is now open weekends. Tired of fighting your kids to make their bed? Say hello to Betty's. The unique design lets your kids make their bed with just a zip. Our patented bedding includes everything you need, a fitted sheet, top sheet, and comforter in one seamless piece that zips together. Kids love the feeling of accomplishment when they can make their bed by themselves every day. Make your mornings easier and visit Betty's.com. That's B-E-D-D-Y-S.com.
0: And without further ado, let's dive into this episode with the one and only Gabby Bernstein. Welcome back, everyone, to the School of Greatness podcast. We've got my dear friend, Gabby Bernstein, in the house. I'm so glad you're here. It's amazing to see you. Congrats on all the success. It's incredible. Thank you. You've got this book out called Super Attractor, Methods for Manifesting a Life Beyond Your Wildest Dreams. I'm telling you, I think this is your best work.
1: A lot of people are saying that, and I... Like, I wrote, I wrote my book, The Universe Has Your Back, and it really helped amazing. a lot of people. That was amazing. And so I was scared when I put this out. I was like, because this is kind of the sequel. It's so kind of the next step oh. for the universe. And I was nervous because I was thinking, oh, no, are, are people going to have the same heartfelt experience mm-hmm. with this book as they had with the universe? And they've said it's better. It's amazing, yeah. So I'm very pleased. Now,
0: you had a, a, an email that you wrote a few days ago that I saw. Yeah. That I thought was really interesting yeah. that you wrote this email it was about how you apologized to your audience for essentially not being present on a book tour that you're on, for being disconnected. Well,
1: during for, the book signing, yeah. During the book
0: signing. And I'm not sure what went down. I read the email and I was like, wow, that's really powerful. Yeah. And I'm assuming that you got a, some negative feedback from your super fans who showed up.
1: And right. What, what happened? So, a lot more people showed up than we expected. So a lot read, more. Yes, yes. And I didn't have enough volunteers. It was our first event. We were kind of off the rails. Mm-hmm. It was off the rails, and I can only be the one that's like, you know, at the end of the day, it's my business. I can't blame anybody else. You know, it's my it's my face on the book, right? So we didn't have enough books for mm-hmm. people. People about four hundred people didn't get their books, or maybe two hundred people didn't get their books. We had to present them later. And I actually don't even need to get into the details because sure, sure. the details don't matter. Because of that chaos, I felt out of control. And that's a trigger for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talked a lot about these triggers. Scorpios
0: the need to be in control.
1: Scorpios. <laughs> but even just my my history. Yeah, like yeah. Addictive it's like,
0: personality, history, just, everything.
1: Yeah. You know, trauma in the history. Like, I don't feel yeah. safe when I'm feeling very out of control. Mm-hmm. And so there's tons of people coming at me, and my team is not doing the moves that they need to do to keep it organized. Yeah. And, um, so I kind of just, like, you know, just just kind of got up and was like, okay, guys, we have to move this along. And, like, I wasn't... The teacher that they came to see in that moment. And, you know, somebody might have been like, okay, she's tired. Or, but in, my, in a few cases, people were like, that's not right. This is, I drove here five hours to be with you. And I wanted my, my photo and I wanted to, you know, have a moment with you. And, and the thing is, I woke up that morning feeling so hungover because I was like, wait, the only reason I do this is to make people feel good, is to help people feel good. And so, even if I'm having a human experience, I could I can do that with grace, right? I can say, "Yeah, guys, it's, it's getting chaotic here, but you know, how can we how can we work it out?" Yeah. So anyway, I, I I did what I I've been in recovery for 14 years, so I have a good program of uh, owning my side of the street, right? So I was like, I just gave everybody a lot of excuses for why this happened, but the real big thing was to not make any excuses, right? Mm-hmm. So in that blog, I just said this isn't my highest self, and I apologize, and I promise to make it up to all of you and look you all in the eye and wow. honor every book I ever signed for the rest of my life. And the beauty of that was not that people responded so beautifully and you know were grateful for that message, but that since that day, I've had many book signings, and I've had really nice, intimate moments with people, even if it's for a split second, because mm. I'm making sure that I look everyone in the eye. Yeah. And there's been plenty of book signings over the last... Fifteen years that I have looked people in the eye and prayed with them and held, you know held them, but you know there's human moments when you fall sure. off the rails. <laughs> I you. But it was good. It was. It, I said, you know, I said to my team, I was like, I won't actually be able to move forward if I ignore this. Wow. I have to apologize.
0: Wow, did it affect that many people in your mind? It wasn't just no, like, one like fifteen,
1: twenty people gotcha. actually saw that like moment of attitude, but, but still, it was. And then you know the people that didn't get their books and there was disappointment all around. But from my end of the street even if it was two people that were, only two people emailed in about it, but it was enough for me to apologize. Yeah,
0: that's good that you were able to see and be responsible for what you want to create and also be the example. And not just say, I'm I'm, I'm better than you do, I've got more better things to do. No,
1: it's like we apologize, and then I allowed that to be a blog where I could say, this is how I apologize, and maybe that Mm -hmm. will serve you too. And the biggest thing is to not make excuses, even though I I made a bunch bunch of excuses just now. Sure. But, you know, we want to defend ourselves when we've done something wrong. Yeah. And we want to... I hear you. Yeah, and and honestly, (laughs) the best thing to do is just be like, no, I'm wrong. Yeah. And yeah, maybe other people are involved, but... I'll own my side of the street. Mm-hmm. I'll own my part here. I love that. Yeah.
0: Uh, why do we want to defend ourselves so badly when we feel like someone has tried to wrong us or someone has tried to fight against us or say nasty things Right. or
1: right. Well, they don't
0: see the full picture?
1: There's many reasons. I think that we, want to, we protect ourselves at all costs no matter what because there's fear of being taken advantage of, fear of being not good enough, fear of, not, of being seen in a bad light, fear of being judged. It's just, it's just such a, probably one of the greatest fears we have is a fear of being judged, right? Mm. So when somebody calls us out in our, on our shit, they, there might be an immediate reaction of defensiveness because we're ashamed to look at that truth. And then also, if somebody calls us out on something that isn't true, then there's just this feeling of injustice. Yeah, it's not
0: fair or whatever. But
1: it's being centered enough with with the self-love, truly, to be able to sit there and say, I'm going to own my side of the street, I'm going to take care of this, or this isn't correct, and I'm just not going to respond. So you have to know. And you have to know the difference when to respond and when not to respond. Because if you are really in the wrong, respond with humility. Mm Mm-hmm. And apologize.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you think the biggest thing that holds people back from attracting what they want is a lack of confidence, is a lack of getting out of their own way, because you have these different steps of attracting what you want. Is it a lack of confidence? Is it forcing too much? You say people are forcing so much.
1: Yeah, there's a few different examples I give in the book. There's the pusher, right? So the person that thinks that if I don't do it, it won't happen. Mm-hmm. If I'm not forcing it, if I'm not pushing it, if I'm not trying to make it happen, it right. won't happen. I'm a former pusher. You you, you yeah, saw for- <laughs> me. I mean, we we go back many me too. years. Me too, yeah. But, you know, when, when you... Before I, I mean, this must have been five years ago that we did an interview, and it was before I really understood why I was so in control, why I was Mm -hmm. needing to be, because I hadn't remembered my trauma, and I had, you know, I was living in fight or flight. I was an extreme pusher. Uh, And in that energy, we may be able to create some successes, but we will never have that that life that is
0: what we truly want. Fulfillment, inner peace. And we
1: block bigger stuff, too. Yeah. We block bigger stuff. We block it because our energy is just so frenetic. Yeah. Uh, there's also the you know, the person who's like the manic manifester who is uh-huh. very, a lot of my audience can identify with this. <laughs> they're like, you know, reading all the books, you know, reading, watching Lewis House, watching this, right, me- right. you know, doing this meditation every single day. Blah, 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 blah. And they're just like, why am I not manifesting? Why am I not manifesting? But it's because they've made their spiritual practice another form of addiction. Mm. The big one.
0: So how do we, so if someone's doing the steps, and they're a manic manifester, but they're not attracting what they want, what is the thing that they need to let go of the most? If they are doing the habits, and they are doing the steps, and they are following your work. And you just
1: said it. They just need to let go.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like you can practice these principles, but not because you think you're going to get something. You have to practice these principles so that you feel good. And this isn't actually a book on how to get things, though it sounds like it. It's a book on how to feel good. Yeah. Because when we feel good, we're super attractors. We attract more, yeah. Super attractor.
0: So how do we feel good if we're not feeling good? If yeah. we're feeling stuck, if we're not getting what we want, we're in the toxic it's good. relationship, yeah. we're unhealthy. Like, it mm-hmm. seems so easy, just start feeling good. But
1: No, it's a whole book on steps, too. But the first thing I say in the book, which is going to sound a little alarming to people, but is the first step to feeling good is to decide to stop feeling bad mm. now. How do we A decide? lot of people out there watching are like, I'm depressed, I'm broke, you know, I'm on medication. I, on medication. I can't, you know, I don't, how could I decide to stop feeling bad? Well, I am very proud to say I can speak to this very authentically. As you may have known, I had postpartum depression and anxiety and insomnia, and I'm, I'm like about five months into recovery from that. And at my darkest moment, you know, Mother's Day, I said I wanted to kill myself. Wow. Yep, yep. Holy it was. Cow. Yeah, no, it was, it was the darkest moment. I've had a lot of dark moments in my life. This is the darkest, darkest Why? moment of my when life. You, when
0: having a child was something you wrote about, it's like a dream of it's yours. It's a
1: biochemical or- issue that happens to far more women than, yeah. than are actually properly diagnosed with it. Sure. A lot of people think, oh, I'm just anxious because I'm a new mom. No, you're having a biochemical response to birth. Why do women have that? Your brain chemistry changes after you. After you, and it's in the it's in the months postpartum. Mm-hmm. So that's why they call it postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety. Yeah. you know they look out for it for the within the first six weeks to see if you have symptoms. And whenever you go to a pediatrician, it'll say you know you'll ask the mom questions: How are you feeling? Are you sleeping? Wow. All these things because so they're looking for it. I was fine for about two three months, and then I went. Uh, I. I my son was sleeping through the night. I was having panic attacks all day, panic attacks through the night. You know how social I am. I couldn't sit in the front seat of a car with somebody. I had to sit in the back seat. I would go to parties and cry. I was agoraphobic. I was—and I really hit bottom when I, when I missed an event. Like, I've never missed Your an
0: event. Your own event
1: or— I had to give a talk, and I didn't go because I hadn't slept in two weeks. And the wow. night before, I didn't sleep one, one minute. And I woke up that morning, and I was like, I've never missed an event in 15 years— and I gotta do something about this. And so then I got in touch with the psychiatrist. I went on antidepressants. Wow. Yep, seven self-help books, right? And like, here I am, a Wow. Book. And I had to, it saved my life, I would've died. I would've would killed myself. Really? 100%. It was just that much of a chemical? I can't say that I would've killed myself because someone would've intervened <laughs> before that happened, right. which, which is exactly what happened, my therapist intervened. She's like, your tools aren't working. I was in two therapy sessions a week I was talking to sleep doctors. I was
0: yoga, meditation, meditation, yoga,
1: melatonin, like everything. It it wasn't working, and that's when my therapist was like, "You have to have medical intervention." Wow. Yeah, and and I and I'm talking about the medication a lot because I feel like in our world it's so frowned upon, but there's a place for everything, you know. If you had a heart condition, you would take blood thinners Mm -hmm. without a shadow of a doubt, right? Someone's like, "You will die if you don't take this." Well, why not with mental illness? Yeah right? And of course, these things are so overprescribed. And I want to really acknowledge that. I don't think people should just take meds because they're sad, you know, but if you are depressed, if you are suicidal, if you are having insomnia and panic attacks, there's a time and season for that kind of support. But the biggest thing is when you get that support, what are you going to do with it? And so when my, my therapist said to me, my psychiatrist said to me, this will give you an opportunity to do the deep work that you've been too afraid to do. Wow so it, I, I've never felt more free in my life and more happy and serene and centered in my life than after having gone through postpartum depression because the you know being on the, the support of the medication and the psychiatric help, I was able to beat a baseline where I could mm. go and do incredibly deep trauma healing work
0: what did you do what was it We're
1: doing emdr i hear that's amazing yeah it's it's exceptional i recommend it to everyone Mm -hmm. yeah and i'm going into the trauma and i'm literally my body is like excavating it it. yeah yeah. (laughs) like
0: didn't you have a lot of i mean you've been doing this work for 15 years on yourself you've been mm -hmm. doing trauma healing you've been doing mm -hmm. therapy healing you've been releasing the past pains Mm -hmm. wounds all these Mm -hmm. things for Mm -hmm. years So are you telling me that they haven't gone away once you, when, no. if you did the healing for 10, 15 years? It's still there? Is that no, you I said heard? to
1: my psychiatrist, I don't think that 99% of people actually recover from trauma. And she mm-hmm. said 99.9. Yeah. And so it's my mission to recover first and be fully recovered wow. and be completely free from it. And then write books about it and teach people and, and, wow. help, and help people really know a pathway to recovery. How
0: do we recover fully where it's like you're the 0.01%? How does that...
1: I because think recovery looks like to me recovery looks like forgiveness. Recovery looks like uh, you're no longer triggered. Recovery looks like the 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 reactivity, the fight or flight, the freeze, the 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 ways that we respond because of the trauma are gone. They'll mm. be they'll released. Man, I'm not healed then. No, no. <laughs> and and, and nor am I. I am but I will tell you I'm much closer. Yeah, yeah. I'm so much closer. Like, like little things will you know, little, feeling out of control, like at the book signing, that was my trauma response. But I didn't justify it. You know, I got myself out of it fast. Yeah. Within 10 minutes of being in that space, I got into a different space, but you know, I'd affected 20 people, right? Yeah. So it's, you know, it's, um, it's something that it becomes easier and easier to move out of the more you, and then through a EMDR, you could actually walk out of an EMDR session just new, like in a moment, be like, that's clear. Wow. That's clear.
0: And not um, be triggered by it again.
1: Yes, that's right.
0: That's powerful. Yeah. I feel, like we, I feel like our healing process, and correct me if I'm wrong, my experience is our healing process goes through waves.
1: Yeah, it where, does, 100%. Where,
0: where I was very triggered for 25 years of my life from
1: mm-hmm.
0: my traumas, my mm-hmm. own personal traumas. Always triggered. I was always a happy person, but I was triggered when it would protective. hit the button, you were right? You protective of yourself. When the button would happen, it was like I wanted to kill someone. Yeah, because... That was my defense mechanism. And it's normal. Then I had multiple breakdowns in my life, which I've talked about in my books and on the podcast, where it was like the perfect storm of breakdowns, probably something similar where you're like, okay, a perfect storm for you where you wanted to have th- thoughts about killing yourself. And I finally had an intervention with my best friend who was like, I don't want to hang out with you anymore if you continue to be this way. Right. If you're so reactive, if you're so right. negative, and when these things happen, like, why are you so reactive? Mm-hmm nothing's happening Mm -hmm. you know it's not like someone's trying to kill you someone Mm -hmm. just said something Mm -hmm. and you were so reactive and that's when I said okay I need to start doing some work on myself and that's when I opened up about sexual abuse and other traumas Range Rover Sport leads by example picture this Assertive on-road performance meets commanding all-terrain capability. That's the third-generation Range Rover Sport, which is the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable one yet. This vehicle redefines sporting luxury, offering an instinctive drive with engaging on-road dynamics and effortless composure. Now available in sleek, new stealth pack, Carpathian gray exterior wrapped in satin protective film with black accents and black brake calipers. Inside the Range Rover Sport, advanced cabin technologies too in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app state farm lets you do things your way so when you need help protecting the things that matter most remember to say like a good neighbor state farm is there went through as a kid and started the process of healing yeah through following your work of acknowledging it, yeah. speaking the truth into existence, you know, not 100%. having these secrets stuck in Even my chest. Even just
1: saying out loud, yeah. I've been sexually abused. I, I, I said that in the New York Times, yeah. you know what I mean, The most it's recently. Big. And I had so much shame about that article coming out. I was like, oh my God. But it was... We don't know. But then, after being so... Rather than just saying, oh, I have childhood trauma, I have been sexually yeah. abused. Like saying that releases the shame.
0: Right. It's scary. But
1: if anyone's no yeah. listening, don't say it until you're ready to say yeah, yeah. it. Because if you're still holding all that shame, it will it people will feel that shame in your yeah. experience.
0: Yeah, and I had a great, you know, kind of group therapy experience where I talked about it in a safe environment. Then I Good. talked about it with family, then Good. friends, then Good. I started it was a process. It's a right?
1: process, it's a process. It's a process but and the, a journey. The thing I was saying mm-hmm. earlier was like, okay, when we're feeling like we want to feel better, we have to decide to stop feeling bad. Mm. And so I was using the postpartum example because here I was suicidal, totally insomniac, right? Like I, I was just— de- stressed, like, worried. Annihilated. And there was no tool that was working. I, none of my books would have made any, been relevant to me in that moment. Wow.
0: Medication was the way.
1: The only way. Yeah. The only way. And there's definitely a time and a place. There was the only way. If I hadn't taken the medication, I would not be sitting with you right yeah. now. Anyway, but the point is, is that, that I had to decide to feel better. And so every single day when I would wake up, once I knew I had a diagnosis and once I was on a healing path, I was every single day, it took me months to get to a stable baseline, mm. months. But I, so I was still struggling. But every single day I would say, okay, maybe I slept one more hour today. Or I'm going to celebrate that I work for myself and I don't have to go into an office having mm-hmm. not slept last night. Mm-hmm. And just leaning into these small, minor things that I could celebrate that were my choice to not feel bad. Yeah. And as I leaned in, leaned in, leaned in, leaned in, it became more of my reality. Huh. And that's what I write about in the book. There's a whole method in the book called the choose again method. And it's, Choose again. Choose again.
0: Choose again what?
1: When you notice that you're in that story and that drama of your negativity, fear, judgment attack that's making you feel bad, notice it. Notice the thought right away. And then you say, how is this thought making me feel? That's step one. Notice the thought and how is it making me feel? And the second step is to forgive yourself for having the thought. Mm,
0: not beating yourself up. Why am I, I used Don't. to do this all my yeah, life. Why I'm am I having such myself? an idiot. Why am yeah. I so stupid? Why yeah. can't I figure this out? Yeah. What is wrong with yeah. me? For that was idiot. my pattern for years. I know. I know. Oh. So how do we get out of that?
1: Forgive yourself for having the thought. Forgive mm. the thought. If you can't forgive yourself for having thought, because that just feels too heavy for yeah. you, just forgive the thought. Like, okay, that's, that's that thought again. That's from my childhood trauma. That's from my, you know, my fear of this. That's from whatever. Yeah. There it is again. And then the third step is to start to proactively choose again. And this is where we begin to reach for the next best feeling thought. We reach for, this is uh, um, very influenced by Abraham Hicks, which mm-hmm. is written, you know, mentioned 23 times in that book. What was it's, it called? Like the purge of appreciation or well, something? They, of, like, they do appreci- the rampage of appreciation. Rampage of yeah, appreciation, yeah, exactly. yeah. So when you're going to choose, again, in that third step, you're going to reach for a thought that you believe in. So What if you
0: don't believe in any good thoughts?
1: You you have you have a thought that could be better. And here's, here's what it could be. It could be, I... Can turn on Lewis House's podcast right now, and that might make me feel better. Mm -hmm. That that's a that's a thought, right? right? Or I have that book that I could open a page to, and maybe it will give me inspiration. Mm -hmm. Or you know, just something as simple as like I'm going to go for a walk for Mm -hmm. five minutes. That might make me feel better, right? So, and then you keep going, you keep reaching for it. So you reach for the thought, I'm going to go for a walk. Mm -hmm. I'm going to let myself feel better. Then you go, you know, you, you go for that walk and. I'm going to just listen to some music that music might make me feel better or the next thought could be I actually have dinner tonight with my friends so that will be great and I can bring myself to that and I've been doing this the whole week. I've been on a big book tour I'm with, my, traveling with my family and just little moments of of chaos occur, right? Not I was, a little, uh,
0: lots of moments. For you lots of moments right now, you... of
1: chaos. No, actually, no. I'm not attracting too much chaos. I'm <clears throat> pretty. Good. I'm I'm chill, man. I am That's a super good. attractor. I am doing great. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am great. But little things like my credit card got stolen, yeah. and I'm on the phone with the credit card company, and I'm I'm trying to get out of the hotel with my son, and I have a nanny with me. So like, my nanny's like Uh uh-oh, the baby pooped, you know? And I'm on the phone with the credit card company, and there's no Uber in Santa Fe, and the baby's pooped, and you're just like, you know, these moments. And so I start going into the, I'm out of control, but I'm freaking out, and so I notice it really quickly now. I witness the thought, I forgive myself for acting out and being rude to the woman at the credit card company, and then i choose again. Mm. Okay, let's change the poopy diaper. Let's get in the car. Yeah, let's have let's, fun with this moment. Let's, yes, I could have carried that negative thing all the way down to Santa Fe and having lunch, but I decided to turn it around quickly. Yeah. And that's how we can we can start to live like that.
0: You, were ta- you talk about you know attracting is fun, making it fun, making yeah. the chaos fun. Like, okay, everything's in breakdown, and yes. my life is crazy. Yes. Like, yes. let's have fun with this. Yes,
1: yes, yes. And by
0: being fun, by being joy, by being the feeling of good, you're gonna attract more good, more joy, 100%. more fun. 100%. But by, by focusing on chaos, stress, I'm out of control, I'm anxious, it's not working the way I want it to, it's gonna to continue to not work the way you want it to.
1: We attract what we are. Yeah. Yeah. Not what we think we need so or we what we want. we attract more
0: stress if we're stressed
1: constantly. 100%. Yeah.
0: Now I'm curious, you had written the book before you had your child, your son, right? The book was I wrote complete. the
1: book while I was pregnant, yeah.
0: While you were pregnant. And it was complete, and then you knew that you had this book tour coming out, and yet you had thoughts of suicide, and you had thoughts of anxiety and stress and overwhelm.
1: God's timing is great because crazy? no, but God's timing is great because I, when I was going through that dark moment, I had enough runway to get my get back on my feet before yeah. my book launched and everything. It wasn't
0: like two weeks ago this all happened.
1: No, and had it been, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been able to do it. Right? Yeah, no, I wouldn't have been able to do it. Wow. Oh. I had a runway. I was in a good place.
0: So. When you here's the funny thing, interesting. You talked about the stigma around medicine and about antidepressants and these different things that people use. And uh Carson Daly, he came out on the interview with Jay Shetty on today's show, I guess a few days ago, said, you know, I was on anti- I'm on antidepressants or I was on them for years, and I felt the shame around them, but they really saved my life. That's right. They gave me stability, That's they right. helped me have right. focus. Yeah. I grew up in a with a father that didn't believe in medicine because yep. he believed in spiritual healing and yep. the power of the mind and healing ourselves with our own yep. thoughts. Mm-hmm. And my grandfather, his dad, would always say, Yes, I believe in that, but I believe in common sense and like yeah. take medicine when you need to. Like, yeah. God
1: works through medication. Yeah, yeah. God works through doctors. Mm-hmm. I think that we have to see them, the medication as like a special agent, as of course mm-hmm. miracles that It's does. a tool. It's a tool. It's it's um, even even a perceptual shift, right? Mm-hmm. The day that I picked up, I had never I was brought up homeopathic, so I had never fulfilled a prescription before. I went to go that get, wow. get that. prescription. So
0: what was that like? Did you feel I shame loved, getting it, or did you no? Feel like I, was, I, I was so
1: ra- grateful for something that would give me relief. I ran there. I yeah. ran there. Wow. And that night, I went to the i remember I went to Dwayne Reed with my husband. He went with me. I was like, How do I even get there? They're like, Give us the prescription. We will give you the medication. I was like, Is it covered by my insurance? They're like, Yes. You pay for insurance. You're good. So it was like this crazy. moment moment and then I hadn't even taken the pill yet because I would have to take it the next morning and I was at dinner with my husband all of a sudden I was like this happy amazing person because I was just so grateful that there was something that was going to help me wow right and I don't think anyone when they're in dark suffering and a life-threatening situation would in any way deny the support
0: of course I think we should all learn as a society and to not shame people if they're on some type of medication. I think it's when I was
1: part of the stigma. I was out there being telling people that would come to me in my talks and say, "You don't say, need this." I, I wouldn't say you don't need this. I never ever would say that. I would say go to your get your therapeutic support. But I would say, but meditate, meditate, meditate. And I didn't understand that when you're having a real mental health condition where you are so 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 out there to the point of suicide that meditation won't work. Mm. It will work once you get back into a place of stability. Mm-hmm. Um, it will work in the sense that if you pray, you'll be guided. But when you're in that chaos, you, you there's no stillness. And so it's letting God work through the medication. Yeah. Yeah.
0: A lot of these things... And I t-
1: think that this happened to me so that for I could the, be a for this, this, this
0: spiritual voice for this. Yes. Are you still on the medication or is it a... Yeah,
1: I'm going to try to get off of it in a few months cause I'd like to get pregnant again. I'm on a medication that's good for breastfeeding and pregnancy or, or like okay for breastfeeding and pregnancy. Sure. But I'm going to get off of it in a few months um, and... Yeah, it's not something I need to be on for the rest of my life, but it was something that saved my life when I needed it.
0: That's powerful. Yeah. That's powerful.
1: And for anyone that's on it for their entire life, God bless you. If you feel mm-hmm. good and you're getting the support you need to be free and do, do deeper work. But the thing I will say is if you do take meds, to make sure you do that deeper work. Don't just take a pill and feel like I'm done. Mm-hmm. Take advantage of that baseline so that you can go and go deeper in your now recovery. Now go meditate.
0: Now do your therapies. Now do your healthy living. Go yeah. look
1: at what was causing the anxiety and the trauma in the first place. Get yeah. to it.
0: And I think it's also good to take inventory. Like if I'm on the medication, am I up all night playing video games? Am I eating horrible food? Yeah, exactly. How am I contributing? Yeah, Yeah,
1: it's like we live in a culture where people just take a pill, and that's the problem. Yeah. That's the problem. And not not to
0: over-medicate either. And
1: over-medicate and medicate unnecessarily, and yeah, that's the problem. It's a major problem. I'm not going to deny that.
0: You talk about in this this book, everything you say in here, it's like, yeah, that's so simple to think about, but it's not easy to, uh, to apply. It's easier but than you think. It's so simple for people once they read it. It's like, wow, yeah, it's very simple. But I'm just looking at chapter nine, and I was reading through this, and you say appreciate and appreciate more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this is something I feel like people have a, a hard time doing, is showing appreciation and then over-appreciating even the bad stuff that happens in their life.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked
1: about it. You know what I mean? Listen. I now have deep appreciation for that dark hole I was in six months ago because it's giving me an opportunity to sit here with you today and hopefully save some lives. Yeah. If there's a mother out there that's watching and she's having suicidal thoughts or she's having panic attacks or she's having insomnia that she can now go and talk to her OBGYN or her psychiatrist. I am deeply grateful for, for everything I've been through, through my addiction recovery, for my trauma healing, through physical things that I've talked about publicly, yeah because they've given me a greater com- level of compassion mm-hmm. for what people for the human condition and a greater much greater opportunity to speak and teach from a place of authenticity yeah. so that's my my appreciation for what has been and i think if we start to look at the difficult times in our lives and appreciate them and also recognize them as a learning device saying okay thank you alcoholism, or thank you you know, fear, or thank you drama in my life right now, mm-hmm. because you're revealing to me what I still need to heal.
0: Mm. So what is the thing we usually need to heal when there's chaos in our life, or there's triggers in our life, what is that thing?
1: We're all traumatized, everybody. Everyone that's walking through this, this world, every human being, <laughs> they may not have had to have trauma like we've had, but they're walking through life feeling unsafe.
0: They may not have had sexual abuse, or a father no. that abandoned them, but or maybe had been their adopted. teacher told them
1: they were stupid, or maybe yeah. they, you know, they like got lost one day in the parking lot when they were a kid and didn't find their mom. It doesn't. Th- these subtle moments are, as A course, miracle says, the moments that we detour into fear. They call mm-hmm. it the descent from magnitude into littleness, and we then create this form of ego, which is a separate mind, separate from God, separate from love, separate from that freedom. And it builds up a pretense around us. I mean, i am living in it right now. I'm watching a 10-month-old child so free of ego, so free of fear, and I'm so conscious of every moment. I'm so conscious of not, you know, being on my phone when I'm with him because I don't want to create, look, I'm going to create those moments. He's going to have, he's a human having a human experience, but I want to hold him in the preciousness of this God-like yeah. state as long as possible, right? But that's not how people's parents are.
4: Right. That's not <laughs> yeah.
1: that's not how we grew up, right? We grew up we all grew up in this world where there's just so each moment is an opportunity to detour into fear and then we create a world of fear-based perceptions. Mm. And so what we must do to live and thrive and feel good is undo those fear-based perceptions and I believe through a spiritual path or through maybe a therapeutic path. I mean I think spirits in all of it, whether you realize it or not. Yeah. But to make a commitment to feel better means that you're committed to returning to God. Mm. Or love. Or, or you know, spirit, Whatever or, you yeah. call it. Yes.
0: You also talk about how um, we have guides. And it's funny because my girlfriend, who's amazing, and uh, she'll always tell me, she's like, you know, your angels are always Yeah, she's
1: you. a spiritual being, right? She's like, I can see it. I
0: have an- There's angels that are always supporting me whenever I'm in trouble. I'm like mm-hmm. focused on my angels. Mm-hmm. I'm like, where are these angels? Like, how do we know they're here? What are these guides? Like, how yeah. can we tap into this yeah. belief that there are, whether it's our ancestors, spiritual beings, whatever it may be, are are here with us, are guiding so us. we're are, talking
1: about this are the school of greatness. <laughs> protecting
0: us, are yeah. leading us into yeah. a path of love.
1: Yeah. So What I write about in my book is what I believe, and I always have a big disclaimer that says, this is an opportunity to crack you open to believing something new, and and if it's not for you, you choose how you choose Mm -hmm, to perceive this. mm So not only do I talk about spirit guides and angels and deceased family members, but I also talk about your higher self. So if this is too woo-woo for you, start to tap into what is the voice of my higher self. Gotcha, Right, That voice of my inner guidance system, and that wisdom that I believe in is is my true nature, right? I personally Gabby Bernstein I believe that I that we all have guides ancestors family members teachers beings of uh, light beings energy beings that are supporting us in a in a form that is able to step in able to channel through us when we write books able mm. to to be there in those darkest moments pick us up off the floor and hold us in, in in discomfort and guide us to business opportunities or babies or whatever it is that we're looking for and it's always available to us, that guidance, but we just, we cut it off, we block it. And Why so do we
0: block the guidance?
1: Fear is the reason we block it. Fear, fear of uh, what? It's not even fear, it's that false-based perception that we've built up around ourselves from those traumatic events, right? So. We have these traumatic events early in life, and they continue to build and build and build. We build up a world of uh, false perceptions. I am this body. I am Gabby Bernstein. Mm-hmm. I am Lewis Howes. I've got the school of greatness. People are I'm out a to New get York Times me. bestseller. No, I,
0: I can't trust people. We, we, we create these right. beliefs. And
1: you believe you're separate from others. You believe you're you're better than or less than or not good enough. And all those stories, all those those false pretenses are what, what many spiritual practices call the ego, mm-hmm. right? And that fear-based perception of yourself is misaligned with, with, with God, with love, with spirit, with angels, with guides. And so this book is all about how to get back into alignment so that you can hear that guidance and receive that guidance and be a channel for inspiration. And when you, when you clear and undo those patterns of fear and start to claim the pattern of love, mm-hmm. that's when you are hooked up, a super attractor, Unstoppable. Unstoppable. Invisible doors open for you. It doesn't matter how low you are when you're starting this, you will go way further than you could possibly have imagined. And I am standing behind that subtitle, Methods for Manifesting Mm. a Life Beyond Your Wildest Dreams. Mm. Standing behind it.
0: I love that. What's the difference between spiritual guides or guides and intuition?
1: You could call it the same thing. Your guides your guides are your bridge from your fear-based thoughts back to your love, right? So if you uh-huh. pray and say, God, guide, higher self.
0: Angels, whatever. I
1: that. give this to you. Figure mm. it out, right? I don't I don't know I'm going to get through this time, but I give it to you. That's how we surrender. Mm. People are like, I don't know how to surrender. I don't want to let it go. I don't know how to. Through prayer. Okay, prayer is the conduit. And then when we say that prayer or that intention, whatever you want to call it, and we allow ourselves to give it over to a higher power of our own understanding, a guide, God, spirit, grandma, whoever, then we're, we're taking that difficult experience, we're handing it over, and then we relax. Yeah. Because we think, okay, it's not on my, my shoulders anymore.
0: It's like taking okay. our ego out of ourself and putting it over here. Yeah, and saying someone giving it else over, help me it. undo
1: yeah. this. And then their job is to pay attention, what's going to show up for us. And so pay How close. do we pay attention? Just just be aware, stay calm, and stay chill, right? And be conscious of, of how things start to speed up or the synchronicities that begin to happen around you. Or if you are like, you know, guides, I want to see a sign, and you're like, I need butterflies, and butterflies are everywhere. Right. And, I mean, I, I've, I'm getting thousands and thousands of emails from readers that are reading this book in the last two weeks it's been out, and they're just like, Gabby, every single sign I've asked for is coming to me. And, and like, it just speeds up. Ask for a sign today. If you're having a difficult experience, say guides, what would your sign be, don't think, just say it? Just say it, don't think.
0: Oh, the sign itself? Like like,
1: like a pumpkin or anything.
0: Uh, An eagle.
1: Eagle is your sign, that's a good one, (laughs) it's strong. See how everybody, how he answered that? It's gotta be the first thing that comes to your mind. And now, if there's an issue that's happening in your life, just say to yourself silently, today at the end of this podcast, just say thank you guides, thank you universe, whatever you believe Uh in, right? for showing me my eagle to remind me that I'm on the right path.
0: So ask for the sign, the eagle.
1: Thank you for revealing my eagle. Thank
0: you for revealing it before I see the eagle.
1: Yeah, thank you for yeah. revealing my eagle to remind me that I am being guided.
0: Okay. Okay? And the eagle will mean whatever I give the meaning to, whether it's to make a decision on if something it's, if or it's If it's just being
1: uh, guided in general or gotcha. if it's being guided towards that. That job or that healing or that whatever, right? Sometimes I'll use a sign like, if I'm, "I'm like, am I supposed to, to to take this deal?" And I don't know what to do, exactly. and I'm feeling so uncomfortable about it. And I'll say, "Show me a sign," and I'll get this. And the thing is, if you don't get your sign, that's a sign too. But you absolutely will get your sign. If you're asking to, sh- to be shown that you're being guided, 100% you're gonna get your sign. Okay. Louis is gonna text me later, everybody. <laughs> it's on the eagle? He, my eagle! Is he sent me a photo of like, some <laughs> massive eagle. So,
0: so give me an example for people. And it could
1: be an eagle like in a photo or an yeah, eagle in yeah. you know, a napkin. Of, not
0: some eagle sitting on my window, <laughs> be, which is, would be amazing. If that could happened,
1: be that but, too.
0: So let's give an ex- practical example for someone. Say someone says there's a, a female listening or a male listening and saying, okay, is this, should I go on a date with this person? Yeah. A second date with yeah. this person, right? Yeah. Just uh, something small. Show me my sign. Show me my sign. Yeah. And what if you don't see, and the sign is to reveal that you're supposed to go on this date or to give you some And if you
1: don't or... get the sign, if you don't get the sign, then, and you decide to go on the date anyway, mm-hmm. it's okay. There's still some learning in that. Yeah. There might be not. There's been times where I've done things where I didn't get my sign and they didn't work out necessarily, but I still learned something mm. from the experience.
0: Has there ever been a time where you didn't see a sign and it did work out? Maybe you saw the sign later or something.
1: It worked out in a different way. Yeah. Right. But. So like, if I was like, I need a sign about this situation, and I didn't get the sign. Oh, here's an example from the book. Mm-hmm. So I was, uh, my my two weeks before I was meant to conceive, my doctor, who was like a very conservative, Yale-trained physician in my little tiny country town, was like, you're turning, well, I, I just turned 39. I was 38 when I was pregnant and I just turned 39. So he considered me 40. Okay. <laughs> I was like, dude, I was 38 a week ago wow. and now I'm 40. Wow. So he makes me 40. And he's like, we believe that you need to deliver 40 to 40, 40 weeks at, when you're 40 years old. And I was resisting and resisting. And I was like, I'm not 40 and I don't want to be induced. And I don't want to wow. force the baby out. And I don't want to have that kind of thing. So I was so torn up because he was so nervous and that was infiltrating my fear, my fears. And So I was in his office and I was like, okay, universe, I can't make the decision. I need a sign. And so I said, show me a sign if following this path is the right move. And he walked in the door and he was wearing this necktie and I said, Howie, what's on your tie? And he said, it's a cardinal. And I said, okay. In my head, I'm like, that's my sign. It's a cardinal. And so the next day I had to make a decision if I wanted to get booked. So I didn't have an opportunity to see my cardinal before I made that mm. quote, that decision, because I had to book him in the schedule and he was leaving the next week. And it was it was a mess. So I made the decision without seeing the sign. I said, to, okay, to, to be induced, to schedule an induction. Wow. And it's not what I wanted. And so I made that decision. I was in my bath. I texted my girlfriend. I said, okay, I'm going to be induced. This is happening. And she writes back to me, That's a great decision, I feel really good about it. And I know it's good for you because I saw a cardinal land on my window just now. Cardinal landed on my window. No way, did you tell
0: her the sign? She had no idea about the sign. Wow.
1: But here's the thing, so I got my cardinal,
0: Included, But you don't take yada yada in life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.
2: What kind of fun is waiting for you at Kings Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make a splash all summer kind of fun. The, I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly, at King's Island, you'll find, for the fun of it, kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun this season. King's Island is now open weekends. Gave me the guidance
1: that I was on the right path. I was meant to be induced on a Wednesday. On a Monday, I'm lying in my bed. And I'm finishing the finishing touches of the book because I wanted to deliver the book before I delivered the baby. (laughs) So I stand up to go to the bathroom and my water breaks. No way. And then here I am and I have the most epic Beyonce birth. Like there was nobody at the hospital. I had like rolling hills out my window and like I was the only one birthing in the maternity ward. Oh my gosh. And I had, you know, the sun setting. So the whole point is, is that my sign was saying, yeah, you're on the right track. Make the decision so that I could relax. Mm-hmm. Because if I hadn't made that decision, Stressed. I wouldn't have relaxed. My water wouldn't have broke because I would have been too freaked out and tense. And everything worked out. Wow. Do you see what I'm saying here? Yeah, So course. if you don't see your sign, that's still guidance. And then, you yeah. know, if you get your sign, even if it's something you didn't want, you know?
0: What has uh, been the biggest lesson of motherhood that you were unexpectedly... Because you have lots of friends who are mothers.
3: Yeah, I had no idea so many
0: fans of yours who are moms that you speak to all the time and maybe you thought you knew what they were going through or you, could, you could speak into some of their challenges but what have you really learned maybe three biggest lessons so far about all right, motherhood and what mom's experience yeah in the first year of motherhood. so in
1: terms of what mom's experience and and what happens and i think my son has taught me has given me the greatest gift of healing i could ever have imagined because as soon as I became pregnant, what happens for women is all your shit comes up, and for men too. Oh yeah. You know when you're like about to bring life into the world and be responsible you're for that life, your your darkest demons start to come to the surface, and so many people just push it down, push it down, push it down. And so I don't push things down. I was like, let's go. Okay, I'm ready. I'm willing. Let's go for this. And so I, you know, I worked out it along the way and then the postpartum and that gave me even a greater, greater step of healing. So his presence in my life has already put me on a massive healing path. I've had fast forward healing in the last year and a half. So that I'm grateful. Wow. My son has taught me that I am going to make my highest priority in life to honor his feelings. People keep asking me, like, what's your parenting advice? I'm like, look, I've been doing this for 10 months, but I can tell you this. Honor their feelings. Imagine that was something mm, that we experienced. Amazing. In, I mean, Beautiful. you'd be a different person. I'd be, be a different good. person. And, and, and if we could honor any human's feelings, any human being, particularly a child. And then I guess the third thing that I've learned as a mother, uh, there's so much, but um, is that they, are their, they have their own guides. They have their own, they're, they're not, oh, this is big. He is not, not my son, Oliver Rockland. He is not, you know, the son to Zach, the son to Gabby. He is his own spirit having a human experience. Wow. And he is a person, he's not a baby.
0: Wow. yeah. And you're just here to guide him. You're here to-
1: I am in an archetypal position to be a guide and a love and a support for him, but I have find myself often being like, "My baby, so cute. My baby, my baby." And then I have to stop myself and say, "Oliver. Not my baby, he's not my baby. He's him. Wow,
0: powerful. <laughs> that's crazy. So you wanna have another child?
1: I wanna have another child.
0: Why? After everything that's put you through the last year?
1: I, I want my son to have a buddy. Mm-hmm. We live in a tiny little country town. We go to the city like once every you know, two weeks or something but we live mostly in the country and so I want him to have a friend you know, that's close by, (laughs) I want, um, I don't feel I'm done. I don't feel like I'm done. Yeah. And so I will be a 40-year-old mom and, you know, 40-year-old birthing. I have a friend
0: that just had a uh, child. She was 44, I think.
1: I think it's the new norm at big time. I think that all my friends are in their 40s having children, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy.
1: I'm turning 40. What the hell?
0: Next month?
1: 11-1, yeah. It's next month. In two
0: weeks, three weeks. It's amazing.
1: I have not fully What's, taken that in yet. Because
0: I'm 36, and I already feel like I'm, I'm like, man, I'm almost 40. Like, what is happening? Don't in my, go
1: there. 36 is extremely like, young. What has
0: happened in my life? I'm like, I was just in college, 22, yep, feeling yep, like I had the world on
1: yep, yep. my hands. 36 is a baby. Just then I had show.
0: 20s. Then I'm in my 30s. Like, things, good things have happened, bad things have happened. I was like, I'm about to be 40 before I know. This year has flown by. Here's like, the thing that I know year. you
1: and I both can say about getting older, is that. It gets better. It does get better. When you're on a personal growth path. It does. When you're on a spiritual path, it gets better.
0: If you're on a fixed path, a fixed mindset, then I feel like you're gonna be more and more stressed and angry at the world. But when you're on a growth uh, mindset, it's gonna get better for sure. I feel more at peace.
1: I feel sexier, I feel freer, I feel I like look better than I did when I was 30. Let's go. You know?
0: You've been doing the spiritual work.
1: 100%. I think
0: I found out about you in 2008. I don't know if you remember this. I connected with you on LinkedIn.
1: I don't remember because I probably <laughs> didn't even notice that You're, you connected yeah, that exactly. right back to you.
0: But I remember. I can I think we had chatted a few times. But you were also in a different place. We were both in different places.
1: Two thousand eight, big time. You, were, I was,
0: you had just written. in. in Add more
1: into your life was my first Admering quote. to your life. Yeah.
0: And I remember. I looked at. I just looked at uh, the book cover of that recently. <laughs> And versus this book cover, right? It's two and different people. You're like a different human being. This was like writing off the, pers- the PR, like energy, the publicity, like trying to make it in New York City, the
1: Carrie oh Bradshaw sure.
0: energy. Like that was the thing you were putting off. And I, I can't remember. I think we had a couple of email interactions, but it was very, it was more of like, a, how can we get, how can I get something done with you? It's that you know what I mean? 100%. And now it's like this different feminine. Thank glow. you. You know what I mean? Thank you. I thought you weren't feminine then. But it was I like wasn't this,
1: feminine then. It's I like was this in energy. my masculine. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm gonna make <laughs> it And you know what? It was good. And I and it and it served me because I've published seven books in eight years yeah. and they've saved lives. And so thank you for whatever journey I was on at the time. Mm-hmm. But now I am on a feminine, relaxed, Super attractor, do less, attract more, sit back with Lewis Howes and have a good life.
0: <laughs> so what advice would you have to women in their late 20s, mid 20s who feel like, I've got to work hard, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not making the money I want, I'm not in the career I want, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not-
1: there's a, So there's a chapter in this book for that woman and the chapter is called, There's More Than Enough to Go Around.
0: Oh, yes. Chapter three. There's More
1: 43. Than Enough to Go Around. And this is a whole chapter on comparison and all the ways that we block the opportunity to do less and attract more because we're trying so hard. And I speak directly to that reader that is the pusher that's trying to make things happen, that is in fear. Mm. And I talk about comparison and jealousy and judgment and self-judgment and all of it.
0: Because the judgment detox was so big for so many people.
1: Yeah. It's my most important book.
0: It's huge. I mean, they're the all most, the most important books no, no, for a no. different the reason. Judgment
1: but. Detox is my most important book, and it's the one that most people never finished. Why? It's too, it's too much work for them. They think that it's too hard. It's like you have to face your wounds, your crap. You have to see your part, forgive. But the people that do apply it, I see them on the book line, and they say Judgment Detox is my favorite book, and I'm like, I can see it in you because there's a freedom I can see in them.
0: Who are we judging more, ourselves, other people, or God?
1: I think we judge ourselves the most. I really do. Because even when we're judging
0: other people, we're actually judging ourselves. Ooh, because we're just a reflection. Yes. We're reflecting yes. our judgment of ourselves
1: right. on someone else. That's correct. That's correct. That's right.
0: So when we reflect our judgment on someone else, we don't like something, we're angry at them, we're pissed off at them, whatever it is, how can we shift that to see the good in them?
1: Read Judgment Detox. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm sitting, sometimes I'm just like, yeah, I wrote a book about it. Yeah, exactly. and I, mean I get that, it. But, but I'll answer your question fully right now, which is like, when we are in judgment of somebody else, what's happening is that we're projecting onto them our own wounds. Gosh. And so the second step of judgment detox is to, well, the first step is Kill to Heal your wounds. Is to honor your wounds. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah of course. Yeah.
0: It's so hard. You know, so hard to not judge other people, isn't it?
1: it gets a lot of. I gotta tell you, that you book practice it, yeah. helped me so much. And do I not judge all the time? Of course, I still judge. But when I judge, I don't believe in it. Mm. And I get out of it quickly.
0: So what do you say when you're judging someone else? I
1: witness my judgment without judgment, step one. I honor the wound. Okay, oh, I'm judging them because I'm feeling insecure. I'm judging them because they're triggering something, yeah. right? And then I continue on the journey of the judgment detox, which, you know, just releasing and forgiving and seeing someone for the first time, sure. choosing to see them through the lens of love. It's, it's a fabulous book.
0: See them through a lens of love. Yeah. Yeah. Get that book, too. What do you think is your greatest accomplishment in 40 years of life?
1: My greatest accomplishment in 39 years, two (laughs) weeks away from 40, don't age me. Um, I can't believe I'm 40. Oh my God. So my greatest accomplishment is the freedom I'm feeling right now today here with you is my greatest accomplishment. My, my Recovering from trauma is my greatest accomplishment. Wow. It will be the m- best contribution I can give to the world. Mm-hmm. I am going to help people because I, even just being in this state of freedom will help people watching because they will see what they're capable of. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's powerful. And do you feel like you'll be able to make a bigger impact in the world by being a mother or?
1: I'm already, yeah. So I've noticed myself in my talks, I would always have a really good boundary, which you have to have, as you know, when we do the uh, work we do. Because if I'm going to get up and answer questions, people, a my, my audience is like, you know, coming up being like, <laughs> I have a brain injury or I'm suicidal or, yeah. I'm, you know, and I have to hold them in their, in their their in their transformation, but not take it on. Mm-hmm. But as a mother now, I don't feel that I'm taking it on, but I have a way deeper level of compassion for people that i never had before.
0: Because you're experiencing all I'm this I'm seeing stuff.
1: their innocent child in them. Wow. I don't see them as an adult who hasn't taken care of themselves or as an adult who's done stupid things. I see them as a wounded child, and all I want to do is just hold them into love. And that's, I mean, even in one of my talks, this one woman was so wounded, and I, I actually went as far as asking her to come up so I could just hug her. And that is so against everything I've ever done in my career. Why? I would never, like, touch someone or have it. I, it doesn't mean that I wouldn't hug somebody, right. like, casually, yeah, but yeah. I held her like an I'm a hug, you know what I mean? I was like, this is... And I kept holding her, and I said, you're safe, you're safe, you're safe, and I didn't know what came over me. The other thing that's happening is I'm becoming more unapologetic about my mediumship. So we're all mediums. Mm. We all have the ability to listen to spirit and let... But I can, you know, I've, throughout my life, have always heard messages, and you know, now I'm just, like, giving messages to people. I like- and I always have channeled throughout my talking, but now... Where normally I would say, okay, this is the guidance. If I'm hearing it as a guide, I'll say, what I'm hearing for you is this. Mm, and I'll deliver mm, it in a yeah, different way. Yeah, that's why,
0: Yeah, yeah, So people can receive it. Not If they don't believe in some type of medium stuff, they can, they can receive I'll it. Sometimes
1: I'll just tell them. Like, I think, you know, your grandmother is telling me Tim's something. Tim's telling you this, yeah. Sometimes, not always. I will,
0: I- I've never had a someone who calls himself a medium that does this practice on the show. I've been pitched, like, different mediums to come on. And I've always been kind of resistant. But... Lately, I'm like, you know what? I think it'd be a fun experience. Oh, for yeah, me yeah, yeah. You should have someone. Is there someone that you think is like the best? There's, at so, what they do? there's so
1: many. I mean, um, yeah, let's talk offline because I could later, sit yeah. here and tell you five, yeah, six yeah. different names <laughs> and I don't want to offend anybody out there. I know a lot of mediums. Sure, sure. I don't want that one beyond, <laughs> to be like, why didn't you say me on Lewis House? So I'll give you some suggestions. Okay, yeah, they're great. all good though. It'll be fun. Yeah.
0: What do you think is missing from you to get to a, the next level in your life, whatever that looks like for you? What's missing?
1: There's a little bit more trauma work that I've got to face. Mm. It's not missing, though. It's not like it's, 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 per, it's in perfect time.
0: Around what? What's the trauma around?
1: Um, just a lot of the sexual trauma, the shame yeah. around the sexual trauma.
0: Yeah, because you talked about it on our show a couple years ago, I think, mm-hmm. a couple years ago.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I know you've been doing a lot of work over the last few years with it, but... Do you feel like you're fully, you're not fully healed with those Mm -hmm. things yet? I don't think I am either. Even though I talk about it for the last six years. You're
1: you're more healed than ever before, but every- I'm at peace a lot lot about it,
0: but there's still little triggers.
1: Yeah, EMDR.
0: Yeah, so I keep hearing that.
1: I really recommend it to you.
0: Okay, I'll try that. Yeah. Where do you think you'll be once you have that final healing?
1: Freedom is my end game, right? I hope to live for a long, long time feeling free. You know, I, had, um, I did talk with Deepak Chopra yesterday, and I was on the plane with him coming here, and we were chatting about, you know, I was like, do you, do you, you know, feel triggered? Or you know, he's like, not at all. With
4: I'm nothing. happy all
1: the time. And it's because of his practice. It's, it's because of his devotion to his practice. I'm getting closer and closer to that. It doesn't mean I'll be enlightened. It doesn't mean I'll have mm-hmm. bad experience. I won't have bad experiences. It doesn't mean I won't be a human, but that I can feel free, even when things are tough.
0: What do you think it is that he has, or people like him have, that allow them to have zero connection to, or not allow the ego to affect them in a, in a triggering way, in a reactive, defensive way, guarded mm-hmm. when maybe something bad happens to him? Maybe a business a deal goes down. He's the person who
1: grew up being taught that the divine is the direction, that you know God was the. I don't, I don't want to use language that's not his, but right, right. he had a very spiritual upbringing, so it was a foundational. Experience for him, and he's he's devoted his life to to being uh, at ease mm. and meditate. He's up very early, meditates for two hours, I think, in the morning. Yeah. And you know, I think it's it's his devotion and commitment that's let, let him be that way. Isn't it
0: amazing that when I am consistent with my meditation practice, I feel like I'm unstoppable. Like the longer I meditate, I feel like I see. It's like the Matrix. You'll see someone saying something to you, You'll see someone exactly cut you off. You
1: need. You become a super attractor. This is what the whole book is about, baby. Is that the more we practice being in alignment, the more that unstoppable experience occurs. But when we are just living out of alignment, we feel out of alignment. That's it. Things don't work. That's it. We're pushing.
0: What do you think is missing from your point of view, as a friend of me, what's missing in my life to help me attract more of? Good things that I want I life.
1: think there's a little more trauma work to do, I can feel it, and you have said it a few times, yeah and so I'm going to hold your hand while I say this because yeah. I love you so much and I will help you if you need any okay. guidance and support just to be listen and be there for you because you have the potential for that same freedom that I'm talking about now yeah. we all do, but particularly yeah. you're right there, but there's some sh- there's shame and there's places to go to that y- I think you're ready to go now yeah and that it hasn't been there's been no no step along the way that's been an accident. It's all been perfect order for you, and it's all been unfolding perfectly. Yeah. And you know, humbling moments and difficult times mm-hmm. and things that come up only to get you to the place where you're ready to crack open more yeah. and face some of the dark, the darkest stuff. Wow. And you need to do that with a. So I am hearing that you need to do that with a, some, a, a with a facilitator that you trust, mm-hmm. someone that you feel safe with, and someone that will really give you that hold that space for you to go to the places that scare you. Mm.
0: Sounds good. I'm in.
1: Because you're you're doing really big in the world, you know, big stuff, big work. And it's going to be massive the more free you become.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited to continue to work. And I'm
1: really proud of you because the fact that you even asked that question is so major because it means mm. you're willing.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: I'm so proud. I love you so much. Thank you.
0: I love you. Yeah, and you said the first step is willingness. And what? You said willingness is the key for something before in one of our interviews.
1: Willingness is the catalyst for change because yeah. the moment that we become willing, it's like we invite the next right action. Yeah. We invite God into our life to show us where to go and what to mm. do. The willingness that you've developed over your life over the last 36 years got you into this seat right now with me while we're talking about things that we've both been through for you to say what's next and for me to honestly and authentically say, this is what I think is next.
0: Yeah, okay. Okay.
1: So I, I trust you,
0: I trust That's your you. willingness. Uh, Super Attractor. Make sure you guys get this book right now. Methods for Manifesting a Life Beyond Your Wildest Dreams. Uh, Before we wrap up, I want to acknowledge you, Gabby, for constantly showing up. You do an amazing job of showing up for people. You show up for yourself and your dreams. It's because you're always giving to other people. And you really want to be a a life of service. Mm -hmm. I think that's what you talked about is like Mm -hmm. the more you're willing to serve, the more good things come to you.
1: And now more than ever. Yeah. Now I'm much more about how can I serve Then how can I get more than ever? And, and
0: they more. used to be like, how can I gain probably 10 was, years ago, 15 years yeah, ago? It was what can like,
1: I yeah, get? it was like that. There was Service is what's driven my successes. I mean, I've always been in alignment with wanting to serve people because I've had a deep level of compassion for yeah, people. But yeah. I think that it's gotten just greater and greater. And being a mother has made yeah. it even
0: greater. Well, I acknowledge you for that too because I, mean, I didn't know you were going through all this this stuff that you were going through. So I acknowledge you for being a mom and showing that you can work on the projects that you love to help people, and to get help when you need it. Because I think a lot of moms feel shame that something's wrong with them. Why can't I just, I have this child that I've wanted my whole life or for how many years. Why am I feeling this way? Why? What's wrong with me? Well, I should just appreciate what this incredible being.
1: I'm gonna say something that's gonna open a floodgate, but it's okay. Any woman out there that's watching that that identifies in any way, any mom or new mom, or even if you're of a child that's two years old, because you can have postpartum for a long time, that identifies any of the things that I have just said, email support at gabbybernstein.com and I will personally write back to you, even if it takes me a month to get back to you, okay? I want you to know you're not alone, or DM me on Instagram, the email might get to me faster. Or tag me in something. I just want to know where you're at, and I want you to know you're not alone wherever yeah. you are yeah. on every camera. That's
0: powerful. Yeah. yeah, I think I think I saw this with my sister. She went through some challenges when she had both of her kids, where she was just like, you know, going through stuff. She was in challenges. She had a lot of help, and I think she was beating herself up a lot from. Yeah from what's wrong with me, feelings, why am I, you
1: know. No one talks about it. That's why, good news, Gabby, the voice box, is out there in the <laughs> world, just on every show. I mean, yeah. Good Morning America, today's yeah. show, yesterday on Access Hollywood talking about it. Yeah. I'm everywhere, That's everywhere good. I can be. To every podcast talking about postpartum because I want to save moms. That it's are a real thing.
0: Very few moms probably have... This peaceful journey after having a child, where they're like, it's every at the mom most...
1: has some kind of chaos, yeah. but but it's it, there's a difference between being anxious and like overwhelmed and overtired mm-hmm. and having a biochemical issue. Yeah,
0: there you go. Well, make sure you guys get the book, Super Attractor. Follow you on social media. Share this with a friend who you think might enjoy this. Gabby, I love you. you're I amazing. love you. Thank you. Appreciate
1: this is always it. my favorite interview. Everybody knows that it's my favorite. I'm you're sorry. The, best. the rest of the, all the other interviews, <laughs> it's my favorite.
0: Thank you. Appreciate it. This was such a powerful episode for me. And if you enjoyed this episode, please do me a favor and subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcast. Leave us a review and share specific details about what you enjoyed about this episode, the power it gave you, the insights, the specific strategy you got from this. Leave a review over on Apple Podcast. Type in your response. I don't care if you leave a one-star or a five-star review. I just want to hear from you on how this helped you. And how this is going to help you in your life. And if you're a mother who's experienced postpartum depression, or if you've ever experienced suicidal thoughts, know that you are not alone. Know there are people that want to support you, that there's help available for you. Please know that you're not alone. And if you have a friend who is going through a challenging time in their life right now, or who has struggled on and off with depression or thoughts of suicide or postpartum depression please send them this link lewishouse.com slash 865 again lewishouse.com slash 865 or just copy and paste the link on the apple podcast that you're listening to spotify or anywhere you're listening to this podcast and be a champion and a hero in someone's life by sending them a text with this link and asking them to listen and share their thoughts on what they got out of this Post this in a WhatsApp group, a Facebook chat group, Instagram, over social media, and get the message out to a friend and be a champion in someone's life today. You matter so much to me. I'm so grateful that you're here, that you take the time to consciously and actively seek the wisdom. I'm constantly trying to do the work myself. I'm constantly diving in, finding the experts, finding the world's best to help myself overcome challenges, to help myself get through the adversity at every stage of my life i am not perfect you guys hear me talk about this all the time and i'm always looking to improve and be better and we're all in this together if it can be more compassionate more empathetic less judgmental less combative with each other and truly work on our own self-love so we can have more to give to others that's what this is all about a big thank you to you for guys for being here for supporting this and as the inspirational Fred Rogers, the man who taught so many of us as kids growing up, the man who helped us understand our feelings, our emotions, our thoughts, and who helped us feel like we had a home when we didn't feel at home. He said anything that's human is mentionable and anything that is mentionable can be more manageable. When we talk about our feelings, they become less overwhelming, less upsetting, and less scary the people we trust with that important talk can help us know that we are not alone. I hope you know you're not alone. I hope you know you have a community here, a part of this School of Greatness community. You can reach out to people in the comments on my page or in groups on Facebook that we have or at our annual events. You can be a part of a community here. We're here for you. We love you. We see you. We hear you. And we believe in you. I love you very much. And you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great.